given a prime opportunity to impress new head coach Jim Montgomery and secure a spot in the bottom six of the Boston Bruins lineup. Several candidates fell quite short in Monday's preseason shutout loss to the New Jersey Devils. We're going to talk about the game and whose stock is rising and falling here in the latter stages of training camp on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast, free and available on all platforms. So open up your podcast app, open up YouTube, search up Locked On Boston Bruins, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. So we are about eight days away from the season opener against the Washington Capitals. And there's still a lot up in the air in terms of who will be in the lineup that night. And that has been made a bit cloudier by the fact that Taylor Hall is week to week with an upper body injury. So whereas a few days ago the top six was pretty set with Pavel Zaka playing with Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque on the top line, a second line of Taylor Hall, David Krejci, and David Pasternak. You have a spot to fill in the top six. And you have to shake out the bottom six, apart from Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith, who have their spots secured on the third line. Last night... Against the New Jersey Devils, the Bruins iced a lineup that had many of these bottom six candidates. And we got a 1-0 shutout loss to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Jim Montgomery called the game a little bit of a flat one for us. As the Bruins struggled to generate much offensively. He said they gave up too many high-quality chances. They were slow to pressure pucks, slow to transition to offense. Overall, there's not much to take away that would be really positive from this game. There were some travel delays getting to New Jersey. It would be easy to put that forth as an excuse. Um, they've been practicing hard, but everybody at this stage needs to be pretty fresh and digging deep in order to set themselves apart when it comes to securing a roster spot. 
It's a prime chance for a guy like Trent Frederick to assert himself as above these more bubble-type players, as a guy who's been in the NHL lineup for quite some time. A guy like John Beecher to step up and say, I belong on this roster. Jack Stanika, Mark McLaughlin, Oscar Steen. These are the guys you want to step up. And uh, quite frankly, they didn't. You look at the score sheet on natural stack trick, which is where I go after every uh, game. You see at 5-on-5, a bunch of guys had zero shot attempts. Beecher, McLaughlin, Steen. Vinny Lettieri, who's a bubble guy. Zero shot attempts, five on five. You had Frederick with one. Thomas Nosek with one. Jack Stanika. Charlie Coyle with one. The only guys who really showed up, you had Connor Clifton, Craig Smith, Jacob Lauko leading the way with five shot attempts. A five on five. Nick Wolf with four. Mike Riley with four, that's three of your top five guys playing defense. Adrian Greer had a couple, uh, but really not much in the way of creativity and um, you know shot attempt differential for the Boston Bruins. Again, Craig Smith leading the way in a, in a pretty. Uh, encouraging performance for him, which begs the question again, why not move Jake DeBrusque to the left side and put Craig Smith up in the absence of a guy like Taylor Hall? I still don't understand why uh, they're committed to leaving DeBrusque on the right side, except for giving him some consistency for when Brad Marchand comes back. But who knows You know what could happen between now and then. Just put your best possible lineup on the ice. Charlie Coyle, the leader, you know, de facto veteran leader on the ice last night. He said, every opportunity you get to play, you want to play and create good habits and all that good stuff. Everyone's trying to make a good impression, make the team, and that's part of it. You've got to go through it and make the most of it and use it in a positive way. He said, of course, we want to get going right now. We're champing at the bit to play. We're excited for this year, but we've got to do it step by step. There's a lot we can accomplish right now in these games, and we've got to make sure we do that. And, um, you know, he said for some of the more veteran players in camp, there's some looking ahead. Um, it's hard to get up for these preseason games, but there's no excuse for these younger guys who are looking to crack the NHL roster. You need to take advantage of these opportunities. The next couple of preseason games will be more veteran-laden. So if this was their chance to impress, then uh, there was a lot left to be desired. Montgomery said, not quite sure when the next round of cuts are going to happen. There's only two preseason games left. It's important that they get a lot of veterans into the lineup and they start looking like the team that's going to play come October 12th. 
It was interesting to me that veteran guys like Nick Foligno and Chris Wagner were not in the lineup. Have they shown enough to put themselves in? I know that Wagner has impressed um, Jim Montgomery. They like his physicality. They liked his response the other night to uh, that big hit on Fabian Lysel. Uh, could he possibly make the roster? Again, it's easier to send guys down who don't have to go through waivers. So that will be something to keep an eye on. AJ Greer has um, impressed so far in training camp and seemed to have not only a hold on a spot, but potential to play in the top six. Again, he did not step up last night. We're going to talk about his performance and the candidates for the bottom six here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Built Bar. I got a new box of Built Bars in the mail the other day, and it was the perfect treat slash energy boost to get me through the workday. If you haven't tried their puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And they have a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% chocolate. They've done it again over at Built. You can get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are about 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. And you can run to Built.com right now to snag a box for you and the family. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So AJ Greer has been much talked about here in uh, training camp so far. He is a second-round pick from the 2015 NHL entry draft, and everybody is eager to um, see what he can do, which is fair. Uh, It's a bit funny to me that Bruins fans knock Don Sweeney's draft history, and yet we're super excited to anoint one of those players from that infamous 2015 draft who has yet to hit at the NHL level. Uh, Ty Anderson, one of my favorite Bruins beat writers, asked Greer uh, if he was given an explanation as to why he didn't hit with the New Jersey Devils last season. He had a very good year in the AHL, uh, but wasn't able to cracked the Devils roster, and was allowed to sign as a free agent with the Bruins this past offseason. He said he was happy with his year. The organization was happy. His coaches were ecstatic with how he was playing in Utica. Not only was he putting points up, but he was playing on the penalty kill. 
playing defensively very well. Um, and he said he kept getting the same question over and over. Why haven't you made it to the NHL? Why haven't you made an impact there? You look at uh, some first-round picks, second-round picks who are in the league for two, three, four years. They haven't blossomed, and then they'll break in their fourth, fifth, even sixth years. It happens all the time, Greer said. Um, when you're getting 10, 15 games here and there, four or five minutes of ice time, it's going to take a while. But he said he knew that he had that tenacity and that skill and that level of play that's going to get him to the NHL. And he has even more than what he's shown already. It's a matter of being comfortable and having trust. And that's the biggest thing he's found so far in Boston. You see him playing with passion, energy, everything, and being comfortable. He trusts the leadership group and the coaching staff, management, and basically everybody progresses on different timelines. That's his explanation for why he was not able to crack in Colorado and in New Jersey. Last night he had two shots on goal, one hit in over 17 minutes of ice time. He said it wasn't his best performance, but at the end of the day, he comes in with the same mentality every single day, and that's giving everything that he has and emptying the tank. Keep doing those little things uh, that he does best and hope that it's enough. He can't really do much more than that, he said. It still appears as though he has the upper hand when it comes to getting a roster spot for the Boston Bruins come opening night. I'm not yet convinced that he belongs in the top six. Um, I'd like to see him kind of ease into things, not be thrown into the fire when it comes with uh, you know, playing with uh, Patrice Bergeron on the top line. Matt Porter of the Boston Globe yesterday, he looked at the lineup. He said his current projections for line three and four include Frederick Coyle and Smith on the third line and then Greer, Studnika, McLaughlin on the fourth line. That would eliminate Nick Foligno, um, Chris Wagner, Jack Stanika, Oscar Steen from contention. Who moves up to the top six? Um, you have obviously Bergeron, DeBrusque, Zaka, Krejci, and uh, Pasternak. But the question is who jumps up into the top six? Again, Wagner. Steen, uh, Stanika, Felino. These are all guys that require to be waived in order to be sent down to the AHL. McLaughlin, Beecher, Lauco. Uh, these are guys who are waiver exempt, so it makes it easier for them to be sent down. We assume that the next couple games will have veteran lineups and 
Jim Montgomery, Don Sweeney have some real decisions to make when it comes to uh, what the lineup will look like. I didn't mention Thomas Nosek either. He's a guy that's kind of on the bubble. Do you just try to send a bunch of these veterans down like your Nosek, Felinos, Wagners and keep a younger lineup up? Or do you keep them up, send those guys down because it's easy to do so. They don't have to go through waivers. It's a huge question right now and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. There's no practice here on Tuesday. The Bruins getting the day off. They will next be in action on uh, Wednesday evening. Well, they will visit the New York Rangers and uh, we'll again over between that game and the game on Saturday against the Devils we should get a much better idea of what the the lineup will look like and the huge question right now is who's in who's out who's up who's down who gets put on waivers is anybody claimed um, right now, what I would like to see would be DeBrusque, um, Bergeron, Smith on the top line. Then you have Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, uh, maybe Greer, Coyle, Lysel, and uh, Frederick. Stanika, McLaughlin, perhaps. That's the kind of lineup I would like to see. I'd like to see them add some youth into the, the lineup. But the, the simplest thing to do would be to keep some of these veterans up, see if they can contribute, and then make decisions on them later on when the salary cap will get a bit tighter with some of these veteran guys coming back from injury. Going to look at some news and notes from around the NHL and wrap up the podcast here today in segment three. But I want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Tomorrow on the podcast, going to look at the Atlantic Division power rankings with the season set to begin on Friday with a couple games being played overseas. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for your second listen. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I just wanted to reiterate one point here before we wrap up, and that is what A.J. Greer was saying about how long it can take guys to develop, get a shot at the NHL, and become meaningful contributors at the highest level. And again, it's hilarious, ironic, whatever you want to say to me, that um, we write players off, we, you know, somewhat rightfully crap on Don Sweeney's draft history while at the same time 
getting excited about this 2015 second round pick who hasn't yet caught on. Uh, you can't have it both ways. You can't say Zborl, for example, uh, is done. He has nothing to offer. Well, at the same time saying, oh, look at A.J. Greer. He belongs in the top six. It, it doesn't make sense. You either allow guys the time to develop, take into consideration the time that they're offered. You know, Jack Stanika. We don't really know what he can be yet because he hasn't had a long run at the NHL level. This has been an issue with a lot of the young guys the Bruins have had. Um, You can't know what they can do until they're in that situation. So yeah, maybe you put AJ Greer up and see what he can do. The likelihood is he won't be a top six winger. But you never know. He could pop playing beside uh, Patrice Bergeron. I prefer to go a bit of a safer route and uh, shift to Brusque over and fill it with a right winger on the other side. A couple things to keep an eye on as the season gets ready to begin around the NHL. There's still a contract to be signed by Jason Robertson and the Dallas Stars. There's a possibility he could be offer-sheeted at this point or traded. Uh, There's some teams, including one in the Atlantic Division, that has cap space and perhaps some picks and prospects to offer. That would be the Buffalo Buffalo Sabres. Um, That would kind of disrupt the balance of power in the... uh, in the Atlantic Division, as I'll talk about tomorrow. I see Buffalo as having some pieces in place, but uh, goaltending defense still a bit of a work in progress. Arizona Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chickering could also be moved. And if the Ottawa Senators add him, that would be a significant boost as their defense is probably the weakest area of their roster as well. Cam Talbot out five to seven weeks for the Ottawa Senators, uh, which somewhat tempers expectations there. Although Anton Forsberg should be able to uh, step up and uh, and carry the load there. Still don't see him, or sorry, the Ottawa Senators being a serious contender for a playoff spot this season unless they do indeed uh, add Chikrin and uh, boost their defense. One final note and a bit of a content warning here, uh, latest on Hockey Canada. If you missed it, yesterday in the Globe and Mail, which is a national newspaper up here in Canada, um, It was revealed that Hockey Canada, we knew already that they drew on player registration fees to set up a fund to cover sexual assault claims. Um, We learned yesterday that they had a second multi-million dollar fund for similar purposes. And this fund was not disclosed during testimony before a parliamentary committee over the summer. It would be the same as kind of a congressional hearing in the states 
begs the question, how much longer can Hockey Canada's leadership last before finally being brought to account? How much longer will this be allowed to go on? It, it, how much more damage can they do? We're still waiting to hear about the 2018 uh, situation and some fallout there. Uh, a couple guys, you know, f- could be facing suspension, some prominent NHL players. So uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, and there will be more um, hearings in front of Parliament here on Tuesday up here in Canada. Supposed to be a beautiful day up here. Planning to take the boys on a family field trip after school to go apple picking, try to avoid the crowds. Uh, I had a keeper league salary cap fantasy draft last night. Was able to snag some decent prospects. Frank Nazar, Chicago. I picked a Vitek Vanacek, who had that shutout last night against the Bruins for some goaltender insurance. Uh, Some guys, I'm hoping, continue to progress. Tanner Janot in Nashville. Um... David Goyette, who I thought the Bruins might be interested in as an OHL prospect. They went with Matt Poitra instead. Rocking the Guelph Storm hat here today. Anyways, I hope you are all doing well, that you are having a great week so far. And uh, tomorrow again, we'll do some Atlantic Division Power Rankings and bring you all the latest on the black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.